Welcome into the DNVR Draft Podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm Henry Chisholm and I'm here with, uh, well, not with Andre Simone. Andre Simone is on my computer and we're going to be talking about the NFC West. We're going to be talking about all of the offensive tackles. Um, and I think we're going to talk about the Count's question, which is going to be uh, yeah. awesome. We're going to be drafting our own teams. Um, it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, yeah. And obviously, there's a bunch of other questions, too, and we're going to hit all That's of those. Right. That's kind of plan for today. But before we jump in, we got to talk more about Manscaped because it is just an incredible company. Yeah. Not going to lie. I had to, I had to give myself another little haircut, decided again to use the lawnmower 3.0. It didn't go quite as well this time, but it was mostly my own fault. I think of that you can, like, you can just get away with a little bit more when it's all like growing in nice and clean. Uh-huh. You could just like take off little bits and it, like just cleans it up a bit. Yeah. It doesn't quite grow out right. And then to clean up mm. the tougher parts that it just, it just doesn't work. I need to go to a professional. And now. that's why uh, the lawnmower 3.0 is amazing, but it is not meant for you to cut your own hair. There are other razors for that. This is uh, perfect for all that uh, male grooming that you need. Water resistant, that great little LED light great charger port works so nicely and then you know they've got their different boxes they hooked us up with the the different the good smelling stuff yep, the ball that's deodorant the important that's the important one the amazing t-shirt and boxers that are great um yeah like the manscape does everything right i've been eyeing their razor for a while and need to get on that and test that really out. Yeah, I might have to do that as well. I, I and I'm definitely going to need to get more of their other products too. You know, I know the, the ball deodorant that is an essential. Like it, it is actually something that if I don't use, I will notice it, which is so rare with my routine. Like if that's, I forget to brush my teeth, like at some point in the day, I guess that catches up to me. Uh-huh. But but that has just become such an essential part of my daily routine. I can't imagine going back, especially in the summer. There you go. Yeah, check out Manscaped. Nothing but great products that we have enjoyed thoroughly from top to bottom, especially during this quarantine. And especially, we have, I mean, again, the phrasing is just so important with all this, and so I'm trying to make sure I'm using the right words. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, it, it has just been like a chance for me to just explore with the, with the razor, just see what happens, the trimmer and all these different things. It's just like a whole new world of products, things that I had never even imagined. I also like, it's like I, mean, I started it's playing this Assassin's Creed Odyssey video game that Brandon and the gaming, gaming. chat on the yeah. lounge thing has been talking about. And uh-huh. I love it. And I've just been like looking around at all the different places in Greece and like doing all that stuff. Uh-huh. I have had just as much fun exploring the full slate of Manscaped products. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> uh, use the code uh, DNBR20 and you can save 20% at manscaped.com and get yourself free shipping. Nice. I did not know where you were going with the exploring. Now let's let's explore this NFC North. I know you said West, but did I, I do that the again? Plan. <laughs> you did. Oh, I did that before, <laughs> and, and I scared Dre too when I said. So we're talking about NFC West and the tackles today, and he was like, "What?" Because obviously he prepped for the other one, but 
No, it is NFC North. I just get those, I don't know why I get those confused. It's it's not like if you said NFC West, I'd say Cardinals, 49ers, Seahawks, Rams. But I don't know. Right. Let's just jump in. What what team do you want to talk about first? Maybe the team that picked first and had the most draft picks um, of any team, two first rounders, but then like what? 10 in the third day of the draft. Um, and they're in a bit of a rebuild, though they're a very competitive team in the Minnesota Vikings. And I thought they were one of the big winners because I loved what they did in the first two days of their draft. They came away with six top 100 prospects. So six guys I'm projecting as future starters, three in the top three tiers. Um, and, you know, uh, consistently some of my favorite guys with Jeff Gladley, uh, Justin Jefferson, and Ezra Cleveland, who I think is perfect for that uh, Gary Kubiak offense. And, you know, some decent value. Troy Dye is a pick that I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenny Wilkins in the seventh round is a pick that I like mm-hmm. a lot for a defense that needs to rebuild, you know, and even Cam Dantzler, the corner out of Mississippi state, DJ Wanham, the South Carolina edge rusher, James Lynch, who I wasn't the highest on from Baylor as a situational pass rusher from the interior. He's not bad. It's a lot of picks. So it's not like an a plus plus, but Hey man, they took care of a lot of business for a rebuilding team. You could have done a lot worse. Yep. Yep. And, and when you look at it, I mean, this draft for them really is about the depth. I mean, they just reloaded that back yeah. end of their roster and added a bunch of guys. I mean, what are the chances that Cameron Dantzler and Jeff Gladney are important pieces of that secondary? And, and that's a team that expects to be competing for big things in the NFL. Totally. And kind of starting next year. And, you know, Dantzler played very well against Bama and Henry Ruggs. Gladney held his own against Denzel Mims. Gladney can be moved a little inside outside, which you like that versatility. And they'll have a, some great coaching from Zimmerman, who's addicted to drafting corners, but he develops those guys. Um, and, you know, they've got a lot of holes on defense. So, so they need to fill like all these spots, uh, as you insinuated with the steps. Yeah, yeah. But again, there's there's guys that we've been talking about, guys we like. You know, Troy Dye, take him in the fourth round. Bro. It's a great pick. And when that's one of your three fourth rounders, you have two fifth rounders, two sixth rounders, four sevenths. I mean, there's just so many of these guys. Uh, maybe our favorites aren't the ones that pan out, but there will be plenty of these guys that should pan out. I agree completely. I agree completely. Yeah, and you know, they lost a lot, so they they need to make it count with all the stars that have left Minnesota. Mm -hmm. But uh, I like what they're doing, and I I trust that coaching staff to get these guys to to be early contributors. What's your grade? A for me. It's an A. Okay. Yeah. I mean, six potential future (laughs) starters, that's a lot from one class. Yeah, it is, but it's just so hard to, to wait them having so many picks. I know. You know like I know. They, they, they have six, seven names that I really like, but they also have seven names where I'm like, yeah, you know, it's not a bad <laughs> right. pick for where you are, right. but it's not where I would have gone with it. And at the same time, do you knock them for not trying to package some of those sevens or four sevens, the two six, the two fifths, mm-hmm. the three fourths, right. try to move up and maybe get a couple more top 100 picks instead of just a whole bunch of late round guys. But right. You know, they, they obviously had a strategy and they stuck to it and it's tough to knock them if they're going to do what they're trying to do. And uh, yeah, I think an A is fair. I do feel like their picks in the first three rounds, that's like an A++ draft. 
after that, yeah, that there is some waste. But you know, day three to me, it I don't know if it's even twenty five percent of my draft grade. You know, like there are opportunities to come away with guys who are going to raise that draft. But if I feel like you didn't necessarily take the my BPA, I'm not going to knock you too much. No. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, let's move on to the Packers, dude. I mean, opposite ends of the spectrum. Here. <laughs> um, I guess outside of the Seahawks, there was no draft that I hated more than this one. They they only came away with one guy in my top fifty, one guy in my top hundred, um, and that's Jordan Love. You know who <laughs> who's a backup. Yeah, he's a backup quarterback and a team that's got a limited window. You know, this is a team won 13 games um, a year ago. Have I told you this already? Can you guess what their win total is for Vegas? 13 um, wins is what they what seven they Seven and wanted. a half? Eight and a half. Eight and a half? I, I knew so, it was something like that. Yeah, Vegas is expecting major regression here. And I, I don't trust that coaching staff one bit. I know no one does. Yeah, and, and it's been strange. Again, my roommate's a Packer fan, so I oh, right. hear all right. about Packers stuff and all this stuff. <laughs> right. And, yeah, I mean, they were not happy after this draft. And, you know, I yeah. went back, and this morning I watched the Week 17 game. The Packers played the Lions just because I was mm. curious. Mm-hmm. And, boy, is it frustrating to watch. I mean, they're, they're, they end up going down, I think, maybe 14-0. Definitely 14, maybe 17-0. And the whole time the Packers are just running the ball. And at the time, they're without Jamal Williams, their second running back. You have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, and it's not until you go down and you need him to get you back in the game that you go five wide. Now, part of the reason is that they don't have receivers. Like yes. These guys can't catch the football. They had the ghost of Jimmy Graham out there running two-man routes with Devontae right. Adams. Right. And, and <laughs> Rodgers will just drop back, go through the play action, stand there, stare down one of his two receivers. Because what else are you going to do? One's covered. You got to hope the other one comes uncovered. Never happens. Yeah. Bombs it at Jimmy Graham's feet. It's just that kind of stuff where if they're really going to buy in and be this power football team, then yeah, A.J. Dillon is a piece that makes a lot of sense there. Right. In the second oh, round, reach. though? Oh, in the second God. round, though? Uh, I, I don't know about that. Well, and the thing, as you're saying, they had to run that offense because they don't have wide receivers. Uh, where are the wide receivers? <laughs> Not one receiver drafted. In a class where I had, what, like 30-something draftable grades and 20-something top 100 guys, not one wide receiver, but you're reaching on A.J. Dillon. You're reaching <laughs> on Josiah DeGura, who's maybe going to be a fullback for you or an H-back. That's the plan. That's the plan. Right, and you're you're trying to create some sort of Cal use check, George mm-hmm. Kittle. I think Dylan, they want to use him as a fullback some. Mm-hmm. He did run some two-back sets where he blo- he was the lead blocker. So he did do some of that in a Coach Adazio system at Boston College. But man, as you said, I mean, they're just... I, I get it. You want those kind of guys? Cool. Find them then. Yeah. Like, get your get your scouting staff to find these guys in free agency and in the draft so you don't have to spend premium picks. Yeah. Don't pigeon your hole in these situations where it's like, oh, the <laughs> only way I'm gonna make this BS system work is if I reach on AJ Dillon in the second round. <laughs> yeah, like, your exactly system is. is flawed, right? That's <laughs> you're not clever, you're not smarter than everyone else. You actually the way you're operating is flawed. 
You're not understanding the game we're playing. Um, and then, hey, I like the six-round picks of John Runyon and Jake Hansen. Those are great. Even in day three, though, I'm kind of left wanting for more. You know, Kamal Martin from Minnesota, good linebacker. After that, though, so, I mean, it's really a major missed opportunity with where they're drafted. When you have nine picks, yeah. how do you not take one receiver? When you look at that offense, they couldn't get anything done That's passing insane. the ball. You know, in that game I was watching, Rodgers started two of nine. And some of them were bad throws, but a lot of it was a bad offense. And it's just, it's why you would ever go to a system like that. If you're the one hiring a coach when you have Aaron Rodgers on your system, I don't know, or on your team, I don't know. But this has just been brutal. And I love the type of offense they're trying to run. Like, that's my favorite kind of football. If you're playing me in our DNVR Xbox Madden League, then you know all about that. And you know what? I might draft A.J. Dillon in the second round in our draft. But uh, when you have Aaron Rodgers on your team, you're, oh, you no. have – you. I mean, they already have Devontae Adams with him. The problem is that Alan Lazard is going to be their number two next year. And it doesn't sound like – I mean, th- there's there's some hope that – Equiminius St. Brown can take a step and be a number three, but I mean, other, otherwise they're talking about Kumaro or, or that type of guy, and they're just, I don't know. Insane. Yeah, you I got to get higher quality guys there. They maybe got a better running back than A.J. Dillon as an undrafted free agent in Patrick Taylor out of Memphis. I mean, Patrick <laughs> Taylor out of Memphis might do some stuff for this, for this team because uh-huh. he's that style of runner, you know. And look, I've... Yeah, and we'll see. We'll see. The, every year there's a draft I thought was not good that ends up being good. Um, sometimes those out-of-the-box thinkers do get rewarded for that. But to me, these guys got too clever to... You know, that's the thing. Shanahan's system. Uh, George Kittle was found in the fourth round. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk was a free agent signing. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't have to pay premium assets to get these guys. Like, get your head out of your rear and start like open your eyes and realize the guys you need aren't that hard to find. They're not that expensive to find. No, it's a second round pick and a third round pick on AJ Dillon and Josiah DeGora. You've got Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. That was your first round pick and they don't see the board again until the fifth round. Where do they go? Inside linebacker, offensive guard, center tackle, just bolstering that offensive line. Because that's what they want to do. They want to run the ball with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon instead of give the ball to Aaron Rodgers. Right. Uh, and look, I don't, I'm not even hating on the love pick. You had the guy ranked highly, was still hanging around. You traded up to go get him. I do not hate that. It's what you did the rest of the way where it's like, where's the value? Where are the good picks with all these selections? So. Yeah. Yep. But, I mean, three six, two sevenths. You don't want to take one receiver somewhere there? K.J. Hill went in the seventh round. They, they would, he would have been a day one impact player. Perfect. If, if, if they would have taken him in the second round, maybe a better pick than A.J. Dillon. Truly. Yeah. Based on my value, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he was still there in the seventh, and your need is at receiver. Okay, we can move along, though, because obviously we aren't going up. Oh, do you want to give him a grade? Oh, what I give him a D. I give him a D minus. Well, I, I will I, give him the F then. Yeah, I was being nice, <laughs> I suppose. <because> yeah. <laughs> after the rant I just went on, I guess I like Runyon and Hanson, and I don't hate Jordan Love. So there you go. 
Uh, all right. Uh, let's go to the Bears now. What a what a franchise in a strange place. Like I feel like the Bears are a sleeping giant, but I don't think they're gonna wake up. <laughs> you know, it's like maybe in two three years, like you get past the Trubisky phase, the defense might still be held together. I don't know. My I thought they took care of business with uh, not having a first round pick. Honestly, Damon Arnett was the first round pick the the Raiders chose with their selection. I maybe like Cole Komet and Jalen Johnson, their two second round picks, better than the pick the Raiders made with their yeah. first rounder. Travis Gibson, nice edge rusher uh, from a small school. Kendall Vidor, nice uh, corner small school. Darnell Mooney, uh, the speedster from Tulane. Arlington Hambright, interesting. They go kind of mm-hmm. some unconventional offensive linemen look they took care of business it's weird that the bears have added something like five tight ends since uh since Nagy got there i mean they've drafted guys this free agency i think they added two guys on top of overpaying for jimmy graham and then cole commit is their first pick so jim Nagy has some sort of plan in mind with all these tight ends. We'll see if that helps Trubisky or maybe Nick Foles, who I think is their better course of action. How does that help? You know, the real stars of that offense, like Terry Cohen, um, Allen Robinson, and what have you. But no, I like the value they came away with. Uh, I, I really thought they they did better than what should have been expected. Maybe not by a ton, because they did have two, um, two second rounders and came away with two top 100 guys for me, one second round grade. But I thought all things considered, it's a, it's a C. They did what they needed to do with those picks. And, um, you know, I, I, I think when you don't have a first rounder, you kind of feel like, uh, this draft class won't give us much. They'll, they'll gain a decent amount from this draft class. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Cole Komet, like you said, that just fits that scheme so perfectly. As long as he actually pans out. Because at this point, when they, when they are, are taking this many tight ends, it's tough to believe yes. that any of them are going to work. Yes. Jalen Johnson, yeah, they need a corner. He seems like a good fit. Somebody who can go out there and play quickly. I just have no idea what this team is. If they win three games, oh, I'll say, yeah, that makes sense. If they win 10 games, I'll be like, huh, maybe a little surprised. But you have some guys. You have some pieces. Yeah, it's true. I mean, in an NFC North that seems really to be in contention between the Vikings and Packers, they could be that sneaky team, especially if Nick Foles comes in and kind of, you know, just does some of that, you know, big, uh, you know, that that, that <laughs> Nick Foles type stuff yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that makes them so good. And the defense they've lost. Exactly. Shout out Manscaped. <laughs> they've lost two corners in Bryce Callahan and Prince Amu Kamara mm-hmm. the last two off seasons. Jalen Johnson is a nice filler, but he's a rookie dropped because of injuries. So we'll have to see with that. And, uh, you know, can that secondary hold up to really keep that defense at elite levels? That's, I think, the biggest question on top of can Nagy and this offense uh, really achieve their full potential with what they've got at quarterback. And when I really dug into Arlington Hambright's fit with the Bears, the yeah. more I read, the more I watched, the more I liked it. Um, again, they, they run that zone blocking scheme very similar to what Arlington Hambright did at Colorado. There will mm-hmm. be that switch from tackle to guard, but yes. a lot of the time that doesn't change too many of the run blocking responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it, it really is whoever has 
better leverage. So, I mean, zone blocking, everybody up front, you double team the guys and then you get your first initial push, open some lanes. And then those like one person stays on the block. One person goes the next block. Whoever has the leverage stays on the block. The other guy goes. And so it, it, it really is just the same decision-making they had to make at Colorado. And now his length isn't a problem. You know, he was somebody yep. we talked about a lot getting drafted, or at least in that conversation for the first half of the season. And then yeah. late, we kind of dropped just because his play wasn't the same. But at the same time, that's when he was facing Utah, facing Washington, facing Stanford. You know, there's some good football players he was seeing. So totally. I, think, I think this is a great landing spot for him, and he should be excited. And I like the pick for the Bears, too. Yeah, and I mean, I think sometimes we get so close to guys, we forget, like, this guy had some real pedigree coming into Colorado. He did. Um, the, the talent is there. He wasn't an embarrassment against Pac-12 competition. Mm-hmm. No, he wasn't a standout, but, yeah, drafting him at this point makes sense. I can see it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Plus, he's from Detroit, knows the area. Seems like that fit makes sense. Yeah, uh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Speaking of Detroit... Speaking of Detroit, what a transition. Uh, the Lions, what did you think of their draft? Really, really liked it because okay. I, I love what they did with their first two picks. Look, I would have gone Simmons, not Okuda, but I can totally justify the Okuda selection. Um, maybe not maximizing to the full extent what you had there at three, but I'm not going to nitpick it too much. I love... <laughs> I muted my mic at the end of that sneeze. <laughs> yeah. I love the selection of DeAndre Smith. They've needed impact at running back. Mm-hmm. Boy, it, it's been a long time. I'm I'm struggling to even remember the last like semi useful Lions running back, you know, since since Barry Sanders. I'm like I'm sure Ahmad I'm blanking Best. on a few guys. Right. Like wasn't he didn't he have like a crazy year there? I don't know. I, yeah, maybe, you know, but they just keep, keep drafting guys. Carry on Johnson. I do like, and I think Deandre Swift could compliment him quite nicely. So I love those two picks for me. They got first round value in both of those. I think Swift is one of those rare running backs that will get paid come his second contract because he can be a very valuable weapon in the passing game. And he's an incredibly important running back because he can create yards for himself. He doesn't just need you to block him and then do his damage at the second level. Given where the Lions are at on the line, I think that's fairly important. He'll also be a great weapon for Matthew Stafford in the passing game. I like the upside of Julian Okawara, the pass rusher from Notre Dame in the third. Jonah Jackson, very solid pick in the third for Ohio State. They double up at guard with Logan Sternberg. From Kentucky, love the pick of Quintez Cephas, the wide receiver of Wisconsin. Where was Green Bay on that one? You know, local products still around in yeah, the late I'm, fifth. Again, my roommate, I was watching all Wisconsin games. We were talking plenty about Quintez Cephas. What a disappointment. Poor guy. He yep. must just be hating life. Well, I was on the draft show. So he was just out in the other room. And so then, like, when this is over, I was just like, oh, my, he is not going to be in good shape. And I was correct. <laughs> Uh, and that was just the first. Uh, Didn't get better. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it only got worse, sadly for him. Jason Huntley, the running back, little scat back from New Mexico State, an interesting mm-hmm. pick kind of later on. They took care of business. You know, I thought they um, they maybe could have maximized their picks after the second round a little more. But five top 100 guys for me, two in the top two tiers, um, 
or rather two first round grades, that's an A grade for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think they did a great job. You know, Okuda at number three, see, and that's what's so tough for me when giving out a grade is that when you're looking at the board for your first pick and your options are Okuda or Simmons, I'm giving you an A for that pick no matter what, you know? It's not like it was a great value. They did what they should do. But again, it's a good pick. They need to replace Darius Slay. You want a lockdown corner in that system, um, especially especially when you're playing the Packers. Again, I watched the game today. You put Darius Slay on Devontae Adams, and that's a back-and-forth battle. Meanwhile, you're not winning anywhere else. You're not going to have much of a passing game. And right. that makes sense in that division. You know, you look at the, the Vikings, too, with Thielen. You look at the Bears. You're scared of Robinson. And... Then after that, they really don't have many other guys. So, so get yourself your lockdown corner. Take away the one strength your opponents have given themselves. Um, DeAndre Swift, top of the second round. Nice really pick. like really like that pick. And again, it just fits well. Aquara feels like a Vrabel. Um, not Vrabel. Yeah, Patricia. Yeah. I, I, every single time. Patricia uh, type of player. Uh, just fits the defense. And then go for the offensive line. Just a good draft. Yeah, solid. Solid. Maybe not spectacular, but considering how high they were picking, they really took care of business. Before we tell you guys about the tackles in this draft, uh, Dre and I want to tell you about how much we love the Mile High City Copper Lager from Breckenridge Brewery. Yeah. I told you on the last post, I'm a lager guy. This stuff is amazing. Also the inspiration for our... uh, Mile High City Skyline T-shirt, it is. which is gorgeous as well. But yeah, this is a really nice beer. Really enjoyed this one. We had some around the office uh, within the last couple months before things went down. So that was very enjoyable. And uh, what else do we want to tell the people about this beer, Hank? Oh, it's just a good beer. And um, they partnered with the Nuggets to make it. So that's pretty yep, cool. Yep, um, yep. So you're not only supporting Breckenridge Brewery, and because you're supporting Breckenridge Brewery, you're supporting us. You're also supporting the Denver Nuggets, which is a pretty cool team to support, I think. So true. So again, it's just a, another good beer from Breckenridge Brewery. They're all so good. This is the one that uh, we want to shout out today, though. And hopefully you guys get a chance to try it. Or you could also find yourself some food from the farmhouse at Breckenridge Brewery. And if you use the code DNBR, you can save $5 off your meal. So go to the Breckenridge Brewery website, check out the beer locator, see where you can pick up the uh, copper lager, um, most grocery stores, liquor stores, but you can see for yourself there. You can also order yourself some food. We also want to tell you about our newest partner, DraftKings. Uh, Hopefully you guys have been paying attention as uh, Andre as well as Ryan Konigsberg have been hosting a draft show every day um, with their favorite picks. Yeah, DNVR bets. Want to tell us more, Dre? Yeah, I mean, we go through the uh, most interesting wagers of the day. We've been picking KBO, UFC, Bundesliga soccer will be back. So we're making those picks. Ryan's been on a heater. I've had my ups. I've had my downs. We're coming through it full circle. We'll be great this weekend. Uh, the beauty is DraftKings, as our partner, has just been amazing. They allow us to put props on their site. You can find the props we have on the NFL and Broncos right now. There are some amazing ones. We haven't even talked about them all. We'll be adding more prop bets throughout. Um, 
their apps super easy to use the sportsbook app you know and you can they have all these great deals like the ufc you just needed the main event to go over 11 seconds and that was like a free 50 dollar bet <laughs> the first time you sign up then they give you another like bonus will their match their first bet i spent that on like some upset that went through so like I like instantly the second I used the app, I'd basically doubled my um, gambling budget. And it's just really cool, man. It's a, they've been an amazing partner. Everything they do is super fun. There's an incredible amount of wagers and we're super involved with, with them. So, and you know, you guys have like direct contact and communication to us. So you guys have any ideas we can make that happen. It's it's a, it's just a, a beautiful thing. It is. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and you should use the code DNVR when you sign yeah, up. Yes. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Don't forget, enter the code DNVR and get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, let's dig in with the tackles. And my first question is for you, Dre. uh, Are you surprised by the order that the first four tackles went off the board? Or was that what you had anticipated? Yeah, I'm a tad surprised. Um, Worfs. Worfs being the last of the four is the one that surprised me the most. I almost assumed that no matter what, he would be one of the first two tackles taken between the combination of athleticism, how seamlessly transitioned from the left tackle to the right tackle spot um, this past season. You know, the, the fact that he comes from Iowa, the fact that he's versatile and could easily kick inside to start as a rookie. He just felt like a, a safe, versatile pick who also had this incredible upside and so I'm really surprised he lasted till the 13th pick. I mean, like, really surprised. I, I didn't think he would have gone out of the top 11. Um, outside of that, no, with the, with the off-field, maybe failed drug test by Becton, I'm not super surprised. I'm surprised Dredrick Wills was selected by the Browns. We'll talk about that more in our AFC North show because that's another kind of zone run blocking team he does not strike me as a zone guy he strikes me as a downhill power guy andrew thomas though classic draft you know first tackle taken he's the first tackle um for all our rankings coming into the season really has a pretty immaculate year um yeah we start to nitpick a little he was even my third tackle he was right there with beckton um ultimately not much separation but he after all the media nitpicked him, he's still a top five pick. Um, and a guy that supposedly the Dolphins were trying to move into the top five to get. I think their ideal scenario was Thomas and uh, Tua. And they couldn't pull it off because the Giants pulled the, pulled the trigger on that. So, yeah, I thought, I thought how Wills, Thomas, and Wirfs played out was definitely pretty interesting. Okay. Uh, 
Interesting. Okay. Well, the next tackle off the board was at number 18, and that was Austin Jackson. Yeah. Weird, right? Upside played a huge part in that second tier. Um, Austin Jackson, clearly the higher upside guy than a guy like Isaiah Wilson. Those two guys made it into the first round ahead of much more polished pass blockers like Josh Jones, like Ezra Cleveland. Shoot, even like Ben Barch or Prince Tegawanagu to some extent. But all those guys had length concerns that had them dropped uh, around or in some cases several rounds lower than where they should have gone. Um, and that's just an interesting trend there. you know. And then Lucas Niang, Matt Pert, those were the, the next tier after Cleveland and Jones got taken. They have the length. I think Niang slipped because of some injury concerns. Pert. Late third, interesting that the Giants doubled up on tackle. The only team here on the tackle list that doubled up. Sadiq Charles, Ben Barch are kind of the next guys taken there. And then, like, yikes, man. The the tackles that were selected after the early fourth round are they're just shots in the dark, and a lot of these guys will have to move inside and it's just crazy, though. You know, I was at the Senior Bowl. I'm watching guys like Charlie Heck or Colton McKinsonton, who went in the fourth and fifth round, respectively. They were getting killed by guys like Bradley and I or Jason Strobridge, who didn't go as high as they went. <laughs> and that's not that the NFL's dumb. They don't see what I'm seeing. It just goes to show you, uh, like, a guy who can plausibly play one game for you in the NFL at tackle is so hard to find yep. that you're willing to gamble on guys who couldn't hang on the field with, you know, a six round edge rusher. So it's just crazy. It really, I mean, that's really my takeaway from this class from the fourth round on is like the NFL's desperate for tackle help, man. And they're, they'll look for it anywhere even if the guy's tape just isn't up to snuff at times in college yeah and and it's really weird to see how these names shook out i mean specifically yeah. prince tegawanagu a guy who we thought i mean what third round fourth round i mean second round definitely more likely than fifth round i thought yes um big time I, it's it's wild to see him drop to the 31st pick of the sixth round. Not at all what I would have expected. Why do you think that is? Like you mentioned the length. Do you think that there could be like some, some medical issues that we just never heard of? Has to be. Has to be. Has to be. Lucas Niang, same thing. I'm convinced both those guys, I mean, Tego Wanagu, we basically know because a guy like that doesn't drop that far. The right tackle at Auburn, uh, Driscoll got drafted ahead of him. Yeah, that's right put on any Auburn game and I'll (laughs) take a while to go clearly the better offensive tackle of the two has to be injury related just has to be there's no way a guy that good in the SEC with that kind of athleticism who handled the type of competition he faced on a regular basis the way he did drops that far at this position unless there's something medically there's some medical concern yeah definitely Definitely. Um, 
any of these guys in particular that you wish the Broncos would have grabbed? Um, you know, just looking at the value, you know, whether it's Wanagu grabbing him in the sixth, whether it's Adeniji, you probably have to grab him in the fifth to get him in time, um, or guys like Barch in the fourth, Sadiq Charles, late third, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think at passing on Ezra Cleveland in the second, that that's the first one. Um, with one of those three third-round picks, I really think they could have... I would have taken Sadiq Charles or, or even Ben Barch. Um, and yeah, I mean, I would have, you know, and I love the Natane Muti pick mm-hmm. at guard. But if we're just taking flyers on injury-prone guys who can be solid offensive tackles in the NFL, why not take a Wanagu? Yeah. Who missed a lot less time in his college career than Muti did. Yeah, that's true. If you were to so you, so you would say that Tagawanagu does have the higher upside between him and Moody at tackle at least yes because okay. he's more of a natural tackle prospect I say yes that makes sense um, okay I don't think there's much else to touch on here is there any, anything no else I think we covered it all right no, that um, before we move on one question. Do you think next year's tackle class will be better or worse than this year's tackle class? That's a great question. The fact that I'm even thinking about it tells you that this is already a fairly promising tackle class next year. I do think this will be the best tackle prospect I've ever studied in Penny Sewell. Um, And I think there are a lot of guys, and we've kind of talked about them already in some of our supplemental draft question answers. You know, the Walker Little, Samuel Cosme is a... Leatherwood. Through the list. Leatherwood, exactly. Michigan right tackle, the only guy who didn't get drafted, the only guy on that line who's coming back. I mean, there's, there's several. There's a lot of upside, and if we play this season and some of these guys perform the way we think they can, you know, because Becton wasn't ranked this highly coming into the year. No. Isaiah Wilson, Jedrick Wills, Worfs even. Um, some of these guys rise up. It'll be as good, if not a better offensive tackle class. I would agree. I was bullish on this offensive tackle class. Now, the depth maybe outside of those top five, six might not be where it was this year. Um, but but still, I, it does feel like a very promising class. I think it's going to be close. You know, you look at the first tackle taken, went pick number four, Andrew Thomas. Penny Sewell probably beats that next year. Yeah. I'd be willing to bet that he's a top three pick. And then yes. behind that, you have 10, 11, 13. Do you get three more in the top 15 with Leatherwood, mm. Cosme, and Little? That's tough to do. That's tough to do, but I think it's more tough than possible. to do. And that's only three of the six guys who you might say have the potential right now to get in there. And exactly. like you said, Mackay Becton wouldn't have been on any sort of list like that last year. And so there's even more wild yep. cards. Totally. It's good news for the Broncos, though, because they need it. <laughs> they need it. They punted at the position, so they need it, man. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, sure. maybe they aren't hoping for a great tackle class. Maybe they aren't hoping for a bunch of top 15 guys. You know, if they do, if they do what they expect, maybe yeah. you're hoping that Leatherwood, Cosme, all of them are going in the 20s, and you get to snag one of them. That might be the solution. Yeah, you might be onto something there. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that throughout the season, whether we be cheering with or against the tackles each week. Yep. All right, that's gonna do it for that part of the show. Um, 
before we get to the Counts game from last week, which I did a lot more prep for than Dre did, which makes me think I might win this one. Uh, okay. <laughs> we got to tell you about our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. Strava Craft is the best CBD-infused coffee that you'll find anywhere. Um, and it's probably the cheapest, too, because you get to use the code DNVR20 to save 20% and get it shipped straight to your door. Uh, if, you, if you have anxiety, if you have migraines, if you have all any sort of ailment, why not see if CBD can help you? It's non-psychoactive, so you don't have to worry about getting high, but uh, it can solve a lot of problems for a lot of people. You know, I've been doing a lot of experimenting during this uh, quarantine. Maybe that's Apparently something I need to quarantine so. with next. That's right. Some Strava, some, some CBD. Yeah, maybe I'm a CBD guy. I, I just have, I need to try. I know, I know RK is like swarmed by CBD lip balm. Oh, I just haven't right. been in a situation where it's been like, okay, I need, I'm going to take the plunge. I'm going to commit to using CBD, you know, a, a few times a week and see if it does anything for me. Mm. Maybe it's time. Might be time. I'm about to run out of coffee. The problem oh. is I don't have a coffee maker, but I'm, uh, uh, I, can't, I know, can't. I know, I know. Okay. I can I'll find I can find a coffee maker. Are you ready for this? Can I make coffee anyway? I don't think I can make coffee anyway. I could learn how to use a coffee maker. You could learn how to make coffee. Okay. Well, yeah, I is it time for this draft though? Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Um let's go snake draft. Okay. Do you want first pick or second? Uh your choice. No, I I made the I made the snake draft choice. Okay, I'll do first pick. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just going through. So, so oh yeah, we should explain how this works. How this works is Dre yeah. and I each have to fill out a roster. Um, yes. 11 offensive players, 11 defensive players. And yep. to do it, we each get two first round picks, two second round picks, two third round picks, all the way through the seventh, and then there will be eight spots left. We have to pick up undrafted free Six. agents with those eight. Oh, no, eight. Yeah. Eight, yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. And uh, Dre, why don't you kick us off? I'm thinking Chase Young, the one elite grade on my board. Yep. There's no other quality edge rushers in this draft class, so good luck to you, Henry. And immediately, my uh, draft board is derailed. All of the prep I did is out the window. <laughs> I didn't even look at other edge rushers. I was so <laughs> sure you'd grab a quarterback. Do I even care whether I get Joe Burrow or Tua Tagovailoa? Not a no. not a conversation I'd had with myself. I don't. <laughs> right. I don't. Who cares? Because, oh, okay. Well, here we go. I get to pick two players now. You got it. But then oh. see, the thing is, I got to spend one of my first on a quarterback. So great. Because it's not just like yeah, waiting yeah. you out. One of us will have Burrow. The other will have Tua, no matter yeah. what. And, ah, oh my goodness. So I'll take Burrow. Cool. He's like the number it. one pick. You got you yeah. to do it. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. The, and I'll take another player. Yeah, who do you take here? Well, one second. Choice. I got to find my tab from when we were talking about the drafter. Oh, there it is. Okay. Probably should have had a contingency plan in case you took Chase Young because that was <laughs> the most likely thing to happen. Um, we're going to take... I feel like a no win. We're going to take Isaiah Simmons. I like that. I like Thank that. You. That would have been my combo um, had I not taken Chase Young. And with the final first round pick, I will take two attack of five ball. 
of feeling good about that one too punch so yep. okay great okay. i've got my notes done okay um oh wait who'd you take you took tua tua mm-hmm. uh your pick again you get your you're gonna get your pick of all of the second or first pick in every round aren't you no maybe no, is that how it works no i guess so oh is it because no, you, no let's just almost, keep going and see what happens. Okay, I'm okay. trying to think. Let's just do it. <laughs> okay. I need a receiver, and the highest remaining receiver on my board is LaVisca Chenault. So I again, will be taking Visca. Okay. See, and again, like <laughs> I I I don't know for sure that you're just trying to make me upset, but sometimes I wonder if this is like just your way of getting off. If you've just been so bored during quarantine, you're just like, okay, here's the day. Let's just piss Henry off, and that'll be fun for 20 minutes. I think uh, I thought you prepped to not like just pick two pigeonhole yourself into two options for every single round. Thing. Well, I well see everything is derailing. I. Uh, <laughs> So now it's your picks. The problem is just the waterfall effect because it's really hard because because it's all about picking out the like key. The if you can get eight good UDFAs, then you'll be just fine. If you can't, yes. then you're in trouble. And those UDFAs yes. are at particular positions. Yes. Not yeah, you've got to be. Uh, <laughs> be ready. Okay. Well, let's see. I got to make a pick, and my pick's gonna be Xavier McKinney. We're gonna take Ross Blacklock as well. Wow, nice picks. I like that. Um, I, to close out the round, will be taking Ezra Cleveland. So now I have an offensive tackle that's serviceable as well. All right. Well, there you go. Um, I'm writing these down in my notes. Oh, thank you. Yep. I, I figured that was going to be my job. <laughs> um, okay. And now we can move along to uh, the third... Yeah, nope. third round. Did you already make your first third round pick? Oh, I didn't. I'm no. sorry. I will be taking at the top of the third round one Josh Jones to play right tackle opposite Ezra Cleveland. Okay, so your offensive line will be better than mine. That right. has been settled. Um, I will take... Where'd that notes page go? So there we go. Um, I will take Brian Edwards. Beautiful pick. And I will take Lloyd Cushenberry. Mm, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Very well done. I will be taking with my final third round pick. Who do I like here? Who do I like? I'll be taking Terrell Lewis. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Terrell Lewis. Yep. Okay. Uh, now your fourth round pick. And now the fourth round pick. I'll be taking Akeem Davis Gathers. Yep. Okay. That's another good one. Okay, now I get to make my two fourth-round picks, and I'll take Troy Die. Nice. And I'll take Albert Okuegbunan. Fine pick. Fine pick. 
I really value versatility at this point in the draft and will be taking. Hmm. You know what? Screw versatility. I'm taking Tyler Biadash. Who? Wow. Even though I have a uh, my center locked up, you didn't want to wait for another. Nope. Nope. The big three separate themselves from the rest. And now Tua and Visca, some injury-prone guys, have the line to protect them. So I'm very happy with that. And your first fifth-round pick? Hmm. I'm sorry. You'd think I would remember by this point. My first fifth-round pick will, in fact, be... Hmm... Boy, I do not like the fifth round and who all is available. I will be taking Jason Strobridge, though. All right. Um, And I will take Shane Lemieux, and I will take Bryce Hall. Shane Lemieux, Bryce Hall, great picks. Really like that. Hmm, I've already taken Taylor Lewis, but I do think the best value pick here is Bradley and I. So I'll be taking Bradley and I, the final pick of the fifth round. I know my first pick of the sixth is coming up. So I've got a lot of pass rush, Hank. You do. I can get after you. And an offensive line. That's right. Luckily, Um, my defensive line is no threat to your offensive line. So could have been a bad one. Would have had the same jokes, result. <laughs> jokes on me. Um, here I will be taking at the top of the fifth round. Oh, man. Good call by you waiting for Prince Tegawanagu here. I hope that's your strategy. That was very, very smart. Mm-hmm. All right. I will be taking James Proch. Mm. It's a good pick. Or Prochet. Yeah. Um, let's see. And now we are into, this is six. So I'll take Natani Moody. Nice. And I'll take Prince Tegawanagu. Great picks. Really great picks. This this is your best round of the entire draft, probably. Thank you. Um, I'm taking Khalil Davis, the Nebraska defensive tackle. That completes my D-line. And I will have Chase Young, Khalil Davis, Strobridge, Bradley and I with Terrell Lewis and Akeem Davis Gaylers behind us. Just FYI. That will be very good. Your next pick? Oh, right. Darn it all. All right. My seventh pick is going to be... Boy, I better hope I can find some corners and... Among my UDFAs. This is where your planning is really gonna. Yup. Oh. <laughs> I agree. Mm. Marcus Bailey, it is. Mm. And my front seven is completed. Ooh, yeah, that's where I was going. Um, instead, I will take KJ Hill. Oh. Darn. That's a good value. Yeah. Put him with Brian Edwards and Albert O. And who will be my other pick? 
this is a lot tougher now. Uh, let's go. See, like I'm, I'm tempted to do something crazy and just go with like a Malcolm Perry type, but I just don't think that that would be responsible in any way. Uh, I'll take Kenny Wilkes. I think that's your best pick. Yep. To be made here. Um, I will take safety from Iowa Geno Stone. Mm, I like that too. That's great value <coughs> for him. Uh, your first pick of the UDFAs now. Cool, 14. I will be taking my tight end, and that shall be Jacob Breland from Oregon. Hmm. I will be taking wow this is kind of tough um a a safety i'll be taking shaheem carter nice and i will be taking oh wow this is kind of a tough one um Running back, Levante Bellamy. Wow. Yep. That's just your guy through and through. I'm committed now. That's for sure. Man, these corners are going to be rough. I will take... A.J. Green of Oklahoma State was not drafted. You can confirm that? I believe... Let's see. He was not. Yeah, I'll be taking him as my next UDFA. All right. Um, and then... And then me again. Yes. Okay, I'll take... Um, I'll take Javelin Goodry, the cornerback out of Utah, who I don't believe was selected as well. He was not. Um... And I will take cornerback Lavert Hill. Nice. And then... Oh, shoot. Stanford Samuels was a UDFA, too. Whoops. And then I'll finish off my... Uh, no, I won't. Yeah, I'll finish off my... No. Do it. Ah, I can't quite do it. I got I to gotta go... Kalijah uh, Lipscomb here. Lipscomb? Wow. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Lipscomb, Edwards, KJ Hill, Okuebunam. I totally p- forgot Stanford Samuels from Florida State. The cornerback was still available. I'm going to somehow put him at safety. Okay. <laughs> He's got the size. I think he could make it work. And then what? Me again? Yes. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. Do I? You don't need a running back, so I don't need to force that pick right now. Okay, so I need guards. What guards are available? Mm. Could you confirm if Daryl Williams of Mississippi State was drafted? Center. Oh, center. Uh, he was not drafted. 
center guard. Okay, okay. center, yeah. I, I will be taking him, Daryl Williams, All right. as my guard. Okay. Um, I will take Nick Coe from Auburn. Nice. And I will take Raquan Williams from Michigan State. Beautiful. So I need three more. Who am I even missing? I'm missing another guard. I'm missing a running back. That's two. I think my entire defense is set. Oh, I'll need another wide receiver too. Okay. Um, I will be selecting Keith Ismail of San Diego State. Uh-huh. He's also going to play guard. Okay. Or maybe he'll play center and Beatas will play guard. But regardless, we have the pieces on the O-line that we need now. All right. Um, you have one more pick? I will, with this next pick, select... Hmm. You know what? I've got my speedy slot guy. I've got my Visca, and I'm doubling up on Colorado wide receivers. We're taking Tony Brown, baby. Oh, I love it. Great number two possession receiver to have, you know? Yep. Yep. He was tempting earlier. And I will finish my draft off by taking Trey Adams to play right tackle. And I will take nice. Dante Olsen to be a bit of a change of pace next to Isaiah Simmons and Troy Dye. I like that running, that linebacker trio. Yeah, really I'm feeling like pretty that. good about it. Really like that. Well, finally, for my running back, I am taking Darius Anderson, who I was so high on and unbelievably went undrafted to the Cowboys. So Darius Jet Anderson is my back. Wow. All right. How are you feeling? Should we go a little head-to-head, position by position? Let's do it. Okay, quarterback, I'm rocking to a tag of Iloa. You have? Burrow. Under handing the ball off to 2M Burrow, I have Tyler Biadash, and you have? Lloyd Cushenberry. Playing guard next to Biadash are? Two undrafted free agents in Daryl Williams of Mississippi State and Keith Ishmael of San Diego State. Yeah, and I have a couple late-round guys with Shane Lemieux and Natani Moody. Like those guys, though. Uh, offensive good. tackle, I have Josh Jones and Ezra Cleveland. I've got Prince Tag of Wanagu and Trey Adams. Question Don't marks on both it. sides, but upside, too. I feel Don't good about it. Don't hate it. Don't hate it. Wide receiver, I'm rocking a trio of LaVisca Chenault, James Proche, and Tony Brown. And I've got KJ Hill, Brian Edwards, and Kalijah Lipscomb. Okay, don't hate that either. On defense, uh, I am rushing. Mm, running back, I have Darius Anderson. And I've got Levante Bellamy. So and I think then, I have the slight edge at wide receiver, running back, and uh, O-line there. And what about tight say? end? I think so. Oh, Jacob Breland. You have the edge there. I'm rushing the passer with Chase Young and Bradley and I coming off the outside. I've got uh, 
Well, I'll just go through my whole D line because I got to do some yeah, planning. Go for it. Kelly Will, <laughs> or, uh, I've got Willikus, I've got Nick Coe, I've got Raekwon Williams, and I've got Ross Blacklock. Nice, not bad. Um, I am rushing from the interior with Jason Strobridge and Khalil Davis. Yeah, I like that. But yeah. then the linebackers. The linebackers. I have Terrell Lewis, Akeem Davis Gathers, and who is my friend? Marcus Bailey. Uh, no, I wanted Marcus Bailey. Uh, yeah. I'm happy winding up with Dante Olsen next to Isaiah Simmons and Troy Dye, though. Not a bad combo. I think Olsen in the middle, uh, Simmons kind of rushing the passer as that strong side guy you can move all around and weak side Troy Dye. Do not mind that at all. Secondary is where I really um, allotted the least amount of resources. Geno Stone is the only drafted player in that secondary. He'll be that reliable uh, deep safety for me. And then we're figuring it out with three cornerbacks. And A.J. Green, big, uh, can play outside. Javelin Goodry, very athletic, feisty, I think could play some safety in Stanford Samuels uh, from Florida State outside as well. And I've got Xavier McKinney and Shaheem Carter at safety. And I've got Lavert Hill and Bryce Hall at cornerback undeniable that I like your secondary a lot better. Um, so I think, you know, I think linebackers are about even. I think I have the advantage with the front and you have the advantage with the back end. We'll yeah. let the count and the rest of our listeners uh, decide who the real winners are. We will. All right. Beautiful. Time for the rest of the questions though. And we have Let's seven more coming in today, um, including one from the count. Um Outstanding. I, I thought that was going to be a great transition, but then this didn't quite load fast enough for me uh -huh. to jump in to like find the count question, jump in. But here we go. All right. The last you got it? almost the last draft pod is on like the second page for me. There we go. Uh oh. Okay. Um, let's start with D dubs. You guys are really doing the Lord's work with Breckenridge. I'm perhaps a little biased because I sell it, but just chiming in on my top three, feel free to skip over my long-winded explanations. Oh, we will not be. Uh, <laughs> one, Strawberry Sky. It's not close. Love great it. Great call. Great call. Bro, Ooh. love that the insiders feel the same way as us. Right? Yeah, it is just that good of a beer. Number Beautiful. two, Mountain Beaches. Which mm. I still haven't tried, actually. I haven't tried I haven't that. either. I haven't oh, really. either. I know. I yeah. got it. New well, one that's I... really climbing my top ranks, according to D-Dubs. And then he says, nice. number three, I'm cheating it and calling it a three-way tie between Vanilla Porter, Avalanche, and Autumn Ale. What? The first two are just perfect representations of classic brews with key notes highlighted to perfection, and the Auto Ale just slaps. Mm. Auto Ale, that, Auto Ale, that was a uh, autocorrect there. He did not say oh. <laughs> auto mail. He meant auto mail. There we go. <laughs> Dude, that's great. He, he didn't list, even though. have to cheat. He could have just done a top five. Thanks, D-Dubs, though. We love mm. that, man. And yeah, it man. sounds like he's actually doing the Lord's work by distributing Breckenridge. To yes. People. Yes. It's crazy how, like, I, those are, like, my favorite people, but then drug dealers were just like, ah, no, those are bad guys, even though they're <laughs> also selling similar, you know? I don't know. That that just kind of popped into my head, and I think I'm wrong now. You are doing <laughs> the Lord's work. <laughs> Count Locula uh, says, I've recently been constructing a draft value system, similar to draft value trade chart, wherein players are assigned points based on my big board rankings and the descending points 
assigned are somewhat exponential. Therefore, if you get a player ranked, say, sixth overall at 17, you get a major cash of value points. If that same player fell to the second round, you would get even more, or you would even get bonus points. If, Mm -hmm. like the Seahawks, you went the other direction, you get major points subtracted. Have you Mm -hmm. ever considered a value rating system like this, not Mm -hmm. based just on how many spots you gained, but on a set of assigned points for each slot? Love the count. Yeah, absolutely. And this is something we even did with our graphics during draft day live for the best value picks of the Mm -hmm. first round. We had a plus or minus. What I need to do is sit down though, because I've thought at different points, I have added it up for each team to kind of see where each team stands on the plus minus for my big board. But I need to maybe it'd be more useful to just do it for the day two, the first two day picks, because I think day three, you get a little too nitpicky. Then like the one team that drafted Prince Tegawanagu won the draft (laughs) because they, they have like a plus 200 that eliminates all their other mystic. So, and I like that you have bonus points in there. In fact, we should kind of talk one-on-one and I could pick your brain on how you're doing this count because I think maybe with your help, I could figure this out a little more. I just, but you know, so I'm just worried about the inconsistencies and the the stuff that's going to make it too centered around that one guy who drops every draft. Yep. Um, well, and that's why yeah, it that's does say that they're exponential. So I mean, right. I like that drop off quite a bit. So you wouldn't get quite right. as many points for doing that. But yeah, I, I do think we'll that see. that is the trouble that you run into is that. Day three guys can be valued so differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then what do I do with my top UDFAs? Do I consider them? Well, and then uh, trades too. If you get right. great value from a trade, does that get factored into your draft grade? It probably right. should. You think? Um, but no, that's an interesting way to look at it for sure. I like that a lot. All right. Drew for MVP, which is a great name. Uh, Hey guys, I think you heard it like a hundred times, but I also want to say thank you for all the love you put into the draft preparation. I've learned so much on evaluating players from you. It's incredible. Well, we appreciate you for listening. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, One question, which film material do you guys use if you want to evaluate college players? Do you use YouTube? Do you have exclusive rights for some game tapes? Or do you have some games recorded? I usually use YouTube, but sometimes I only can find like three full games of one prospect, so it can be difficult to evaluate some players. Keep up the nice work, guys. You are amazing. You're amazing too, Drew, for MVP. Yeah, truly. That's such a nice message. So uh, thankful for that. Yeah, sometimes we can reach out, you know, with the credentials. You can get some tape from schools and what have you. It doesn't happen too often unless I'm really struggling to find tape on some guys particularly Um, small school guys right the small schools well the other thing is the small schools are so um willing to get back to you and share that stuff Mm -hmm. just to get a little more exposure it's just so easy it's why like why not even bother um but no you know one of the trick of and we definitely watch a lot of games on on saturdays and i know uh i record some games and we have mm-hmm. some games on demand on some of the players we're subscribed to and what have you um and another trick is when you're doing it through youtube and you're looking for cutups and you're getting frustrated that you're not finding cutups get on the game log of that player see what opponents they've played and think oh what what guys who might have cutups 
are out there and search for those cutups or search for their, if it's a wide receiver, search for his quarterback's cutups or his offensive lines cutups. There's ways around it. Or, or like Ezra Cleveland, I couldn't find Boise State cutups um, of him specifically, but I was able to find the full game uh, condensed against Washington. And that's how I watched Ezra Cleveland. I just fast forward through the defense, watched the Boise state offense. And that's how I was able. So, you know, there's, there's some clever ways around that too. Yep. And for me, uh, this will not apply to anybody else probably, but uh, because the PAC 12 network, basically the only way I can get it here is through sling. I have all the PAC 12 network channels. And so I make it a point to go through and look at the schedule for all of them to see if there's anything interesting coming. So like if there's a replay of USC versus Oregon, it's like, well, I should probably know for sure what went down in that game. Um, But that's more for like scouting teams than scouting players. Although like the same thing will work. And so you could also just look for replays, I guess is where I'm going. Um, There you go. Yeah. Yeah. There isn't, there isn't like an NCAA football game pass though. Like there is for the NFL, which I I would love. It would be incredible if they were to find a way to put that together. And I would pay a lot of money for it too. I would too. It's, as soon as that comes, that'll be big. Not having all 22 makes it hard. The mm-hmm. fact that all the conferences are split up and TV rights mm-hmm. are different makes it hard, you know. But yeah, you're right. That'd be, that'd be really nice. There are extremely expensive subscriptions. Um, that give you extensive uh, cut-up databases, but that's like you'd have to be an athletic program to afford. Yeah. All right. Next question from Hip Hip Ure. Another great name. You guys are killing it with these names. Beautiful. Uh, No kidding. Hey, guys. First and foremost, great job on the three days of live draft coverage. I was able to follow along and get filled in on all the prospects that I really had no idea about. The knowledge you guys have about the prospects all the way down to Mr. Irrelevant was really inspiring, and I don't know how you keep all of those names and tapes straight. As I followed along with the later rounds of the draft, I noticed K.J. Hill going to the Chargers in the seventh round. Do you guys think that if the Broncos would not have taken Hamler in the second, a nice consolation prize pick would have been Hill? I just feel like Hill is going to be a thorn in the side for the Broncos for years to come. Super undervalued in my opinion. Also, wide receiver always seems to be the position group you find late round gems that consistently contribute in the NFL. As always, keep up the great work, boys. Go Broncos. He does scare you, Hill, at at the Chargers because he compliments what they had so nicely. Yep. You have that speed back in Eckler who can kind of be a vertical threat when lined up wide. You have the great running in Keenan Allen, the size, you know, contested ball skills in Mike Williams. And then KJ Hill just complements that so nicely as that over the middle uh, route runner slot guy with, with nice hands and quickness, even if the speed isn't great. What I really think with Hamler is they wanted to add speed. Yep. They really wanted to add speed. So I'm not sure it's an apples to apples would they have still taken Hill? Because, again, they did take a wide receiver late, and it was Tyree Cleveland, another guy with speed. Mm-hmm. So I just think they wanted to double down, and I think maybe K.J. Hill, who is very quick but not fast, there is a key difference there, um, just might not have been their guy. But, um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I would have done it. I'm not sure he was the Broncos type, though. That's all I'm saying there. If you were to take the speed away from K.J. Hamler – how big are the differences between him and KJ Hill? Uh, all the differences would be in Hill's favor. He, he'd have the better hands, uh, the better size, um, you know, maybe a more polished route runner as well. So 
yeah, yeah you take the speed away um, hills hills a more ready-made complete product in that sense okay interesting okay uh moving on to the next question from jimmy balls my new favorite name beating out the last two names jimmy balls how perfect uh, hey guys before my question i just wanted to thank you both for all the hard work you put into this year's draft you two are the unsung heroes of dnvr and your draft content is as knowledgeable balanced and engaging as any of the big media analysts out there the draft is my favorite Whoa. time of the year you guys make it all the more exciting well we appreciate that yeah guys, so nice you guys are the reason we get to do all these fun things truly uh, we're glad that you're enjoying all of it. Um, out of the Broncos' last three draft halls, okay, who do you think is the best overall value pick? Also, if you could swap one pick of the last three years, who would it be and what player would you replace them with? Mine would be swapping Royce with Fred Warner. Thanks, guys. Ooh. Uh, I guess... Hmm the george george kittle but is not three years ago that's four years ago huh yep this is a great question yeah i'm pulling up the drafts Ooh, this is really hard so phil doesn't count because he wasn't a draft pick sure let's let's establish that and it's gonna be you know these guys are so early in their careers I know, but, but what I'm thinking right now, you know, I, I really like Jerry Judy at 15. I like wow. Cortland Sutton at number 40. Uh, that, that has to be the answer, right? I love, I, I, I love Draymond at 71, but I think as of now, it has to be a Pro Bowl wide receiver with the 40th pick. Yeah. As we look at it now, just. Yeah, yeah, because just because you're projecting everybody else. Um Ah, and I, I, <laughs> I I enjoyed Fred Warner. That was a great pick by them. Um, Boyd Cushenberry. I, I really like that Justin Sternod pick, but when you have, I mean, a, you have Cortland Sutton there. I know. There's no way it's, no, you can't say Bradley Chubb at five. He was hurt. He would have to put up crazy production for that to be your best value pick. What yeah. about Drew Locke in the second round? Dalton Reisner in the second round? <laughs> No, I know. There's some really good value picks. And if you, you could swap any pick, what direction would you go in? Mm. That's an interesting. That is. Because... I'm trying to think of like who I liked at 20 that I would have taken ahead of Fant. Maybe mm. Jerry Tillery. But, you know, we haven't seen anything out of him yet. And Fant hasn't been convinced. <laughs> Oh, exactly. And, you know, Chubb, you could argue Quentin Nelson. You could argue Jair Alexander. I'm not sure I do that, though. I mean, yeah. Okay, well, here's the the obvious swap. Okay. If I could, I I would swap Lamar Jackson with Bradley Chubb. (laughs) I saw that one coming. Yep, 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 yep. Sorry, but that's what I would have done. Yeah, I think that's the answer. Um. I do, and maybe I do like where he went though with Royce. Uh, I, I I think outside oh, yeah, that's of a great one. trying to find one of those first round gems again because third round picks, you replace him with somebody who you can like. like you could find somebody there. They they really haven't yeah. had many early round busts. It's not like you're looking at Cortland Sutton and saying ah oh, maybe maybe you'd rather have somebody else. I do think that it's Royce Freeman. Um, 
Unless yeah. you do go with the Bradley Chubb, sorry, we got to go Lamar Jackson here. Which yeah, you have yeah. to, right? He won the MVP. Yes, you do. I, I think so. Not that I'm anti-Lock, uh, uh, obviously, but uh, still, Lamar would be pretty cool. All right, Hank, I've got five minutes before oh, you I do jump have five on the minutes. Bets show. Okay. okay. Oh, my goodness. This happens every time. Okay, Bristol Bronco fan. Hi, boys. Thanks for the amazing content. Living in the UK, I have never watched a season of college football before. My question is, assuming the season goes ahead, how do you decide which games to watch as there is so much choice each week? Any tips for exciting teams to look out for? Perhaps some under-the-radar players, teams that most won't be watching but could be a lot of fun? Keep up the great work. For one, I'll suggest we every week do this podcast during the season and we do a segment, the third segment of what games we're watching, what players we're watching in those games. So for NFL fans watching college football on Saturday, that's a, you know, a great listen. Um, And then, yeah, I, I go off of that. I go off the top prospects, the more interesting games based on the standings and what have you and uh, try to watch as much college football as I can on a Saturday from wire to wire. You, of course, are busy <laughs> working, so you have other factors that play into what you're yeah. watching. Yeah, I, I think that the easy answer was what Dre said. Listen to the podcast, and we will tell you exactly what to watch and specifically which matchups to watch. Um, but because you are all your own people who can think for yourselves, um, as much as I hate to say it, you key in on the SEC uh, you key in on the Big Ten. I think that you typically see some pretty good football. Those are the two conferences that I True. would single out. Um, right. Shout out Pac-12. You're doing your best. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, obviously, if you're <laughs> living in the UK, you're never going to see the Pac-12. You'll be like, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Dead asleep by the time uh, they even think of kicking off. Uh, yeah, you might be awake again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, for me, obviously, the watching Buffs games every Saturday that makes things a little bit tricky. Um, but you know, I mean, you just look for the ranked matchups. You look for the positions of need. Uh, Stanford with Walker Little. I think the Broncos are going tackle. I like that. Um, uh, you'd look Alabama. At, you always watch Alabama, but a reason yep. more so with Alex Leatherwood. You always Cost watch Oregon. Right, right, right. Oregon right. with Penny Sewell. Again, so, yeah. programs we'd watch regardless, but more reason to key in this year than than years past, I guess. And, and I think that we'll, we can put together a little bit more of a guide once we get closer to the season. I know I just oh, can't yeah. speak on the depth of prospects from any school outside of like the first two rounds of guys we know at this point. Right, right. Yeah, and we'll get plenty of preseason coverage done. and. Um, Ron Pablo asks a similar question. He says, hey, guys, who do you suggest that we watch out in the next season of college football that will be possible? That will be a possibility for the Broncos in 2020? One, especially in their projected areas of need, like offensive tackle, linebacker, cornerback, D-line, and safety, in my opinion. Would like to start watching these guys live next season because a lot of the games do not become available on YouTube until afterwards. Thanks as always for the hard work. Love the draft podcast. So yeah, um, you know, similar response. You follow in on the pod, uh, some of the names we've thrown out already. Um, some of the schools we've thrown out already. Clemson, Alabama will be juggernauts this year as they typically are. Um, and yeah, I don't know if there's anything you want to add. We'll definitely be getting into all those position groups and all these uh, looking forward to 2021 very soon here as we finish recapping 2020. 
since we have one minute left, can you give us two names that you like at linebacker? Oh, sure. I love Dylan Moses. I mean, I've been talking up Dylan who Moses doesn't? just for a while now. Yeah, the inside linebacker at um, Alabama who was really a stud. The other guy, though, that people are really high on, and I'm intrigued by this cat's athleticism, is Micah Parsons of Penn State. Penn State's another team who's going to have a phenomenal year. Ohio State's another team who's going to be really good. They'll be the tippy top of the Big Ten, which you've mentioned already. Um, yeah, we've talked about the top offensive tackles. Those would be the top linebackers. Top corners are Shane Wade, um, Sean Wade, rather, from Ohio State, yep. and Patrick Sertan from Alabama. Top safety is not a great safety group unless I'm blanking on someone here. Um, Telenoa Hufangana, the USC, who I'm sure, whose name I'm sure I just butchered, J.R. Reed of Georgia, Caden Stearns of Texas, guys that have, uh, you know, have draft next pretty excited. Yeah, and if you want to follow along with the Buffs, they're going to play, obviously, all those Pac-12 schools, a bunch of the tackles, a bunch of the corners, um, and we'll be previewing those games in particular pretty hard. And that's just one of the three games for Saturday you get to watch. Uh, I know my plan for this year is to find like an iPad or something, bring with me to the press box so I can watch a second game. I thought that I could pull it up on my screen, but instead I have like Twitter on one side and the stats on the other side Mm -hmm. and there isn't room. Just going to have to pull the trigger. But yeah, we're going to be watching a bunch of college football. We'll be giving you more analysis on all these guys once we get through our recap of this draft. And then, uh, yeah, once the season starts... Every week, we will be giving you guys to watch before the season, obviously previewing the whole thing. You guys can pick which teams you want to follow if you're in a situation where you don't really have a team to follow. Um, but yeah, uh, Alabama seems like, a, seems like a good one to find some prospects, though. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That's going to do it for today. We'll be back next week with another edition of the DNVR Draft Podcast. If you guys have any questions or if you guys just want to say how much you like us again, you can throw those in the comments too. We like those. Oh, nice. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the post for today's show will be up, obviously, when the show is up. You can leave your comments there. We'll hit all of those next week. Uh, talk about some more uh, draft stuff, more Broncos stuff too. All right. Awesome. We'll, we'll talk then. Sit on the moon.